Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top-shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. Uh, I stayed late last night watching uh, what was an inconclusive day, uh, election day. Uh, I think it won't be a few more days until we know what's going on in the world. Uh, Obviously, you're listening to this a few days later after recording, but uh, as of today, we still have no clue. It looks like a very tight race. We might know tomorrow. We might know after this is aired, but it's crazy. It's a, it's a wild, wild world these days. So uh, the best thing that we can do is reach out to each other and uh, talk and build connections and send out some love and uh, share some good stories. So uh, a lot of my audience members have asked me to reach out to more theatrical people and, and especially New York-based. So after a few Google searches, I found some beautiful photos online that were very inspiring. So today I'm very honored to reach out to Lucretia Breseno. She is a freelance lighting designer out of Brooklyn. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it, Lucretia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. I'm very thrilled to be here with you talking about something that I love talking about in, in, a, you know, in a day that is particularly difficult or stressful or uncertain. So uh, I, I love doing that. <laughs> it's what keeps us going is just going and meeting up with other creative minds and just talking about the feelings that we want to create, the the moods, the atmospheres that we want to generate. And that's just been taken from us. I have to say, I, I remember talking to a colleague of mine saying, we lighting designers in a way we are always solving problems. We are always having something in front of us that we need to sort of figure out how to work it. And I think that uh, I love that about the profession that we could actually are, are always looking what is in front of us and make the best of it to make it look the best we can. So I think it's a great way to go through life too. So. It is. We are. We are problem solvers. There is a problem of people not feeling things and we generate those emotions and we, no matter what the budget is, no matter how big or how small or how how large the venue is, yeah. we are there to solve that problem. And Right now, and to make you it to tell a story, to tell a story. It is, you know, like, so what yeah. is the story, the ethos? It doesn't have to be a theatrical production. It could be just a concert or or an opera or so many, you know, puppeteering. It's, it's all of those storytelling sort of, the, you know, ways for us to tell our story through lighting. I, I, I love that. I love about that. I'm, I fell in love with it so many years ago, and I'm so lucky I could keep doing it professionally. Yeah, that's uh, it's something that's been 
it, it's been lacking in my life. That's for sure. The, the, the ability to just meet up and solve these problems. Cause uh, there's just, we're kind of inundated with problems that you and I can't solve right now. We used to know yeah. how to solve these things. We will, if, if the world's in trouble, we, we do concerts, we bring people together. <laughs> we, we do fundraisers, we do charities, we do conventions. That's how we bring everybody together. And now, yeah. now that that's, uh, it's just not there for us. So. It is. And it's, it's a delicate, you know, sort of junction, I think. And I think that there's a lot of changes that are going to happen in our industry, in our communities, in, in the way that we create work, in the way that we see work, too. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a particular, you know, juncture of historic moment that I think is going to let us evolve, change and you know, I think creatively find another type of solution. I think it is, we're just taking a little longer to figure out what that is. And then we will continue to create. I mean, there's lots of people doing amazing things even in this, in this time that could be paralyzing. But I found that there are people who are not paralyzed. They are sort of trying to find a way to do great work. And I'm here to see it, here to... Uh, experience it too and process it and see what works for me, what I'm here to learn as well and what to offer. So I think I think it's also an exciting time to see what can we get from what we know to use very well and what is to find out and how to create with the unknown. So oh, you have but, such a good way of explaining it. That that's that's gorgeous. I well I'm thinking I think it I think it in a way of scale. I mean we we all know what front light does, you know, what backlight does and side light and color and, you know, timing and all those things. And I think that we just finding a different scale for it and different mediums in a way, it is interesting to me, you know, it's just taking me away from being paralyzed and mourning the theater because I do more. And like the other day I was at a theater and there was no audience and I'm working and I'm doing my thing and I'm mourning that, but at the same time I'm thinking, right, this is not possible now, but let's keep going. So that's that's the way I'm seeing things right now, processing. Maybe in a month I will be freaking out and, you know, uh, you know, joining so many people in, in, in the morning aspect <laughs> of it. But now as a parent, as a professional, uh, I could only be hopeful. I just can't. Oh, good for you. I'm glad you can find the, the places to be grateful and be hopeful. That's uh, that's refreshing. Well, I am I like when we were sort of getting to know each other. I, I am from from Peru and I am from I came in the early 90s. I came to America to study and uh, my my life has been informed from changes and adapting and changing and designing new things. And um the, the, the America I encountered in the 90s is gone and the world that we encounter in now is different. And where the, the world, when every time I go back home to visit my family, I see my world from there is also gone, but it's transforming, it's changing. And I, I have a child and the way that he sees the world is very different from how I absorbed information. Then, you know, like information and the way of learning has been different it's a different generation so i you know it is it is changing i think again lighting people we know all the time we need to start all over sometimes because you know 
somebody tell us we need to change it. So, so how was that starting all over for you? Because you were already established in Peru before you came to the United States. Is that accurate? It was. I was a. I was a, a performer in Peru. So when I came here, I was a performer because where I'm from, the sign is not something a profession that exists. There's okay. no designers, lighting designers, or now you could say there exists lighting designers or set designers or costumes, but there used to be technicians. It is tech, tech you know, the design is worked out by technicians, you know, by a demanding director that tells them what they need or how, but there's not what is here that is a, an informed conversation about, you know, storytelling. So, but when I came here, I came here as a performer and um, somebody asked me not so long ago, what happened? And I was like, I just fell in love with lighting. I was pushed into doing lighting and I really enjoyed it. And I found the conversations at the tech table were just as interesting as, you know, rehearsals. So I found that uh, very rewarding and I took it upon myself to, okay, if I wanna do this for real, what do I do now? And I went to school. I went to grad school. I took that route, uh, professional route of going through grad school. And then after that, I sort of professional came out to to New York. And I had been, you know, so far doing this for, I don't know, 16 years professionally here in New York City. Congratulations. That's, uh, that is a great path. Do you, uh, do you ever Do you ever miss performing at all? No, I don't. But I, they always tell me, it's like, we're going to put you. And I was like, no, no, you're not going to put me in anything. I'm going to stay here and do my job. But uh, because I feel that I can perform it. You know, when I'm writing cues, when I'm doing these things, I, you know, part of me, it is performing. I don't know if every lighting designer feels the same way, but there's like a, a spiritual connection. I don't it's not spiritual, but I, something, there's a connection there that I feel something of mine in those light cues, you know, as exciting as, as they could be. So I, I feel that way. And uh, and I, I work abroad too. I, I, I travel abroad. I'm, I go back home to Peru. And I have to say, I find that, again, there's, there's now a hunger for understanding what design is. And so there's a new, you know, group of young people that they are, not, there's not a, a formal education but they are interesting and hungry enough and they are exciting with ideas about how to, you know, uh, self-educate and sort of take the, take the mantle of a designer more than being a, a technician. So I'm always happy to see that when I go back home, that I meet the new crew of, 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 of people just sort of, you know, putting their hands on the sign in that more intuitive way, but no less exciting. So, oh, you have to fill me in on what that feels like to be able to go back to Peru and bring back a wealth of knowledge about a very specific career that now exists that doesn't sound yeah. like it even existed when you were uh, living in yeah, Peru. Well, yeah, it doesn't. And it's, it is actually quite exciting because the, 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 the folks that work in the technical sort of branch of the theater are are just as curious as performers they are really interesting people but everybody is very different so with completely different backgrounds but the one thing that we could 
all do together. When I sometimes go and give uh, workshops there, it's like we all speak the language of lighting. It doesn't matter where we're from, with gender, you know, race or, or, or age, anything. We all can sit down and look at a beautiful IQ. I'm like, oh, yes, of course. Oh, you know, we, we all get excited by the same things. And that's, uh, that's always wonderful. So I, um, every time I go back, I go to see theater. I reach out to everybody. There's a small community that, you know, keeps growing and they ask about new technology. They're very curious about technology and about consults and all the things that, you know, sometimes I have to ask friends to sort of help with that. Uh, the last time I was in Peru, I actually said there is a, a uh, there's some large hubs of some of the newer technology in the, in the larger cities down there as well. I would imagine that it's uh, you're starting to see people being able to get their hands on the newest technology in Peru. They do. They do. I mean, there's the one thing that I have to say, I was adamant and I hope uh, people in, in, uh, in the, they're making lights and they're making this technology create um, manuals in Spanish because mm -hmm. people need to have that information in Spanish. Usually these folks do not speak in English sometimes. So understanding, you know, a manual that comes full, you know, uh, I remember like years and years ago when I went back, uh, you know, the idea of, of patching was sort of like surprising. So what do you mean we're not one-to-one -one patching? I was like, yes, that's... Um, you could decide what you want. You just have to do this in the console. So, you know, just getting to get the, the information in the in the right language, it was it's key to create, you know, uh, um, you know, a market there. So I, I, I always when I'm asked these things, it's like it's great to have manuals in different languages. Yeah, we all like to think that eventually English will be the universal language, but it just it, it's not a good way to get people interested in the craft uh, when it's in their native native tongue. It's so much easier to get excited about it and, and really be able to connect to it. Well, it's quicker too, because you are, you know, the, people are going to read them right away. They don't have to translate and try to figure out what does that mean? What's that, what, <laughs> what is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. It is. Uh, so you get to go back and I would imagine you're seeing quite a bit of motivation to get into a specialization role with lighting now. Is that, is that something you're seeing? Yes, I see. I see, I see that. And I see a lot of people being able to, you know, I'm, I'm excited that key people are in key jobs in the country. And that is exciting because they teach each other, they talk to each other, they communicate. And again, there's a small community, but you know, people are pretty, pretty generous where their knowledge there. So I, I found that interesting. And people are, you know, are not leaving the profession, you know, that's that's wonderful. It's like people are staying and people are growing. So that's that's always a positive thing. So you do a handful of teaching in Peru. Do you do teaching in New York as well? Yeah, I sometimes I do teach at NYU. I they some some years they call me to come in and fill in some teaching classes for the grad department at NYU, and that's always lovely because I get to go back to my you know what I call my my educational home uh, because that's that was the program that I went and um, for my 
for my master's and uh, I going back is like going back home and and seeing people I love and adore and um, uh, I, I I love going back. That's nice. Uh, being from NYU, I'd imagine that was a great springboard coming from abroad, coming through NYU. I'd imagine you were able to uh, a mass amount of uh, connections and uh, and get some work under your belt. See how the the U.S. system uh, puts on shows. Yes, I mean it was a technical sort of leap for me. I I of course coming from a, a performance background, I I didn't know how to draft. I didn't know how to, you know, sort of get my brain in that, you know, to think about lighting in a, in a different type of way than just like emotional. It was more of like a technical sort of to, to be able to use it properly. I had to relearn a lot of things and, you know, get to use my drafting to inform ideas. And um, that was, you know, it, it, was, um, it was a rush, but it was great. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Shortly out of NYU, did you find yourself gravitating towards a union or were you uh, oh solo Lucretia for quite a while? No, I was not in the union for a while. I was sort of, you know, uh, feeling the, the, the field. I was, you know, sort of doing my downtown shows, my bigger shows, going abroad. I was not, you know, having that sort of need of, of um, of having the union behind me, but when I joined, I was happy I did. And when I, every time I get more informed about what the union can do for me, I'm grateful for it. I am grateful, and I'm grateful for it because in these particular difficult times, in in certain aspects, it has been to support uh, union members. So with health insurance and you know things like that and you know also have the union give you uh, a safety to understand what it means going back to work and have you know people taking the time to understand what that means safely coming back to work it's a big it's a big thing that i'm grateful for the union yeah yeah i agree i think when times are really good we can become resentful of the unions but man when times are bad we are really thankful that they exist and they're there to, yeah. there to show support and give guidance. Yeah, and I am glad that there's a lot of people I know now are, are getting to held key sort of uh, positions at the union, at eight, uh, you know, with the, with the elections that just happened uh, two months ago. And I'm excited for that. So that's really uh, wonderful. So um, hope that the union will, you know, grow and, and uh, um be able to change more things that might need to change in our industry. So that will be great. Pre-COVID, it looks like you were still doing quite a bit of working abroad and, and doing a lot of traveling. Is that something that you you miss terribly? Uh, I do. I do love traveling. I do. But um, yeah, and I was not only doing traveling abroad, but also traveling uh, to different areas here in, in the States. I, I, there's a lovely, lovely theater in uh, in Idaho that I was sort of looking forward to go and work, you know, uh, just because of the relationships I have, you know, uh, created with, with the house. It's just a wonderful theater there and um, with a really great project. But, you know, uh, 
will I I will get back to it when 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 the time is right. So I do miss it, but we'll 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 wait. Uh, what was the most recent project you did in Idaho? It, the project we uh, we did uh, we did an Irish play last year and it just like skips the name right now. But it was the one thing I love about the, the, this particular experience is like everything was LED. And when I asked to uh, to find some practicals, it was really hard to integrate a little for, you know, for dimmer, you know, a little, a, a little dimmer to the system. It was just sort of the hardest thing. So it was kind <laughs> of funny. It's like, I need, I need a couple of light bulbs. This is, uh, you know, an Irish farmhouse. I need some practicals. They need to be incandescent light bulbs. And uh, my lovely, lovely production manager was like trying to figure it out because it's a brand new theater in Ketchum, uh, um, Idaho. So it was great. That is so funny. That is a, that is a great uh, bellwether of kind of where we've progressed to where, I've been on shows recently where my technicians could easily network eight consoles and patch a hundred universes worth of stuff. But then when it came to, to repatch a 48 way dimmer patch bay, they're like, what, what is that? We don't, who deals with <laughs> yeah. patch bays anymore? Like, no, you got a, a one B two, you know, and they, they just yeah. never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of funny. It was just really really funny. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. It was really great, and uh, I'm looking forward to go back. We have uh, we have a show that was postponed, so we will see when it happened to Wire. That's another Irish. You know, my producer loves Irish plays, so uh, that's um, the lovely Jonathan Kane doing work from there, and uh, we're going we're we're going to do that uh, hopefully next year. We'll see when. But that's you know on hold and i see. think uh, the, the whole world's on hold right now it's uh, it's tough yeah. to even speak about well, the, the whole world the whole world's on hold and it was on hold and then they resumed and then now we see things like in spain and you know france a lot of my friends that have worked there and they are designers there are you know i have a dear friend of mine this is his second design production in toulouse that just got closed again so it was something that he was loading in and then closed again loading in and closed again so it is it is heartbreaking to see that so oh we just keep trying don't we we are so optimistic as a species we're like well of course we can do it and we we just keep trying we, we're unstoppable yes 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 very much indeed yeah yeah do you prefer doing shows like that do, do you prefer doing shows in new york city or do you prefer going out of town to do shows i do i do it's a hard question because i love traveling and i love meeting you know different communities i love doing theater in different places and understand what these audiences are all about and um you know eating food from different you know when i going to a show in Nashville is different than going to Texas, than going to Idaho, than going to California. So is that aspect of the social aspect of it. But 
Um, but as a as a person that as a family, as a parent, as a wife, you know, I I do love being home, being able to, you know, do dinners and you know have a a family um, oriented you know life if it's possible. You know, I I have to say sometimes these ten out of twelves and these previews are sort of ruthless for the families. So we'll see we'll see what that happens. You know, what the new world will have to to do with that. So. It's amazing how our priorities change when we have uh, when we have kids and a family. Yeah, but uh, I I I am so grateful for the family. I'm so grateful for the growth and I for like all all the priorities shuffles and things like that. I, I think it's it's just human. It's 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 great. How old is your child? He's nine. He's going to be ten in December. Wow. So, yeah. 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 December, a December boy too, huh? Yes, a December boy is hard. So. Yeah, that's a lot of presents coming Christmas time. Oh my God, don't start me with that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of had to stay away. I had to stay away from that. My husband is the one that, uh, you know, sort of focuses on that prospect. I'm like, I just give the approval or not just because. You know. Oh, at my house, it's the opposite. I'm the one. I'm the one. My wife's the one that wants to spoil them rotten. I'm like, no. But like, uh, when I was growing up, it was like two toys. That's what you get, and you're done. Yes. Well, just coming from immigrant families, my husband is also, you know, was born abroad. So, you know, he's like, oh, let's just, you know, shower our kid with all the with all the games he wants to play with. By the way, you know, all those Lego sets are, you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah. Uh, your husband is an immigrant as well. Yes, 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 yes. From different part of the world. Uh, he's from, and you met he's in the United States. Yes, we met in the United States. Yes. Oh, what an American story! Two immigrants coming to the United States, meeting up, yes. both professionals, starting a family. Yeah. That's 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 the story that we love to tell. We, we I have to say, my my son is the one American. You know, he's from. He's from New York. He's a New Yorker. We always joke about that. But uh, but in this, in a way, my son has been able to sort of manage to come abroad with me and sort of understand, you know, the larger meaning of living abroad and having different places and speaking different languages and having that as, as, a, as a toolkit for life, you know, to understand, you know, where he wants to go and which type of, of narrative his life will be. So... I we're very open to it. So, you know, he needs to eat tacos the same way that he needs to eat Italian food. And he loves, you know, like all these things in all these languages. And thankfully, we have been able to travel for for us to to know this. Has he been in the theater a lot? No, <laughs> that's the one thing. <laughs> he doesn't come with me a lot. So uh, to the theater. So that's I not yeah. yet. No yet, no yet. How old were you when you got on your first airplane? Oh, I was born in airplanes because I, you know, I am from Peru, but I I was born actually in Colombia from Peru. Okay. And my sister was born in the States. Okay. And uh, we moved back to Peru. So we have been traveling all our lives. So my, yes. But I grew up in Peru. Like I went to school in Peru. My parents are Peruvian. My 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 best friends, you know, from childhood are Peruvian. 
So that's my my emotional history is from there. But so you've all you've been a vagabond your whole life. You've just been moving everywhere all the time. Brooklyn, Brooklyn has been the long the place I have been the longest. You know, <laughs> I have been, I have been yes. You know, I have been here for I don't know twenty. 22 years here in New York. So, you know, okay. from different boroughs, but there you go. Yes, I have been here for for a large part of my life. So it sounds like your son is going to get a similar upbringing. It sounds like he's going to have uh, all the experiences of traveling uh, as often as possible. Well, we, we, we know we travel and we travel here in the States, you know, when we we spent some time, you know, this uh, this winter, no, this summer. Sorry, we went to uh, Niagara Falls. We got a camper van, and you know, we, we went up there and visited and hiked, and you know, we we, we you know we tried to 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 see here, you know, as well. You know, we spent. I remember two summers ago, we went to um, to Joshua Tree National Park, you know. America has these beautiful, beautiful national parks that we have sort of tried to visit. And, you know, when, when we have the time and, of course, the, the resources, then we try to do that as well. But, you know, when she was three months old, we went to Vegas to work. I was working in Vegas, I remember. It was, that was the first time he actually traveled was when he was three months old. So, yes. You took your son at three months old to Vegas. While you were working. Yes. Yes. I was doing. Yeah. What was the project? I was working for Tecate, one of these beer conventions uh, that travel all around, you know, the United States in different times. And a client hired us to do something at Tecate uh, in Vegas. So that was lovely. It's lovely. lovely. (laughs) What a wonderful bring your son to work day. What, do you have children? I have two. I've got eight-year-old twins. Well, yes. So you know, for example, when you're babies, you know, they sleep all the time. So I remember going to have a late dinner at, at one restaurant. I remember with my husband when we were there. And you know, it was it was it was lovely because he was sleeping, you know. So you could it's, it's harder to take him to work now. So I don't take him to work. But when he was younger, it was easier just to bring him up. And I was really helpful. I was really lucky to find that there was enough people in the industry ready and accepting. And I think a lot of things about parenthood has changed at the time in which is, you know, being a woman and bring your, your kid to work was not always a bad thing. So I think times are changing. I th- I'm starting to see it happening more and more. And I'm definitely starting to see a lot more acceptance of it. I'm definitely seeing a lot of uh, production managers going like, yeah, go ahead, bring them. I mean, don't, don't make sure they don't get hurt while they're on show site, but uh, yeah, bring them. Uh, I'm starting to see that more and more. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's a very positive thing. I think, you know, before, you know, our schedules were crazy and, you know, our decisions, uh, you know, professional decisions were made out of, you know, how, how we wanted to, to uh, bring up our kids. So, you know, it's, uh, it, I think it is changing in a really great way. So yeah. to circle back just a little bit, I would go as far as to say that the amount of traveling makes us better artists because we're able to draw so much inspiration from so many different cultures, different languages, different communities. 
and then bring them back into the theater and share those ideas with more people. Uh, do you share that sentiment? I do. I do. But at the same time, I, I, I feel like uh, I'm a perpetual learner in a way. So when I go to these other countries and, and see theatrical experiences that teach me to see something else, you know, I see the other, the other aspect of it in which, you know, like going to, you know, an arena in Italy to watch opera, you know, and, and like a Roman arena, you know, it is, it is, you know, uh, a, a very beautiful thing to to experience that we don't hear. So I think that having the the the, the, the possibility to see these other types of theater in the different scales, um, it, uh, they are great. Uh, there are things that the rest of the world do or that they are really amazing that we don't do here. You know. Mm-hmm. So I I, I found that uh, very satisfying traveling abroad and doing that. And yes, of course, bringing all that experience here is, is rewarding sort of to introduce new concepts or new ways to see the world or lighting or things like that are fascinating. So some of the times when I go to China is when I, when I experience it the most and they'll ask like, well, we do it like this way. I'm like, well, and what we've done is we've done it this way. And they're like, no, 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 that will never work. You can't do it that way. And then I'll be like, well, give me, give me 10 minutes and I'll show you, we'll do it this way. And their minds will just be blown. They'll be like, I, we've never seen it done that way. It's impossible. We, we thought what you're doing is impossible. And we're like, no, this is a great way to do it. And those are just the sort of things when you go from one culture to another and people, they get stuck in a rut. They say, well, I don't know. We've just always done it that way. And it's not until somebody comes in from from somewhere else or uh, from a new experience, like no, these are this is possible, and it's just that's how we expand our minds, and that's how we, as you said, continue to learn and become uh, constant learners. Go, going to China too, I I, I I will expect it is a particularly different, you know, way to wrap around your brain and how things because again. Um, I just did a show uh, not so long ago. This was a, a sort of like a, a, a virtual theater, uh, or or a, I don't want to say theater, but a virtual experience that we did. And in one performance, we have eight thousand people watching. You know what I mean? It was like eight thousand audience members, you know, logging in and watching your performance in in one day. And the scale of that was sort of very fascinating to me. You know, when can you do a show here in which you have that magnitude of like of an audience? So um, it was very exciting. So yeah, I, I see the possibilities of what it is to come now that if we are, you know, not, if, if we can create in a different um if we have another different outlet, you know, what are the possibilities? They are, you know, endless in a way because we're connected to the rest of the world. I mean, we we did when we were doing this particular this particular show, uh, we had somebody in Tanzania in his motorbike with his telephone, you know, writing, and we are broadcasting a live stream, you know. And we could see the streets on Dar al Salaam and sort of learn from that and, and, and watch a beautiful sunset. But that was part of our, our, our performance. So 
Wow. In the theater, you cannot do that as much. So we are sort of, I think that, you know, the, 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 the possibilities are, are, are endless in a way. And, you know, it's, it's yeah. for us to sort of figure it out how we want to use them. And, you know, instead of shutting ourselves from all of those, you know, just grabbing what it is to talk to somebody. I mean, with my, with the theater company I work with, we have been able to do these uh, broadcasts and um, we have reached people in Australia, Colombia, Singapore, you know, England, Denmark, you know, and, and so, so, you know, and Tanzania, people from all over the world, Morocco, that are, have been part of our collective artistic, you know, endeavor. So that's really great. So even though I am not physically traveling, artistically, I am still very much connected to all of these people. And I found that that's great. Oh, and I still this time, yeah. I, I still this time, you know, with my computer and I say, could you move your computer? Could you move your phone here? Could you hold your phone from this side? Could you angle a light? Could you dim that light? Could, you know, like the type of design work that we're doing, it is uh, still, you know, using the principles that I have been using all my theatrical career, but through the lens of, of the computer or my telephone or my telephone with a lens now. I'm sort of like, I think we are in, in, in the intersection of the DP world lighting, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm finding a lot of uh, satisfaction with that. So the technology yeah. is there. We just need to be able to just use it. Everybody has a phone. So no matter where in the world, you could always, you know, use that as a, as a base to the cameras, the technology in the cameras are great. They catch lighting beautiful. It is, you know, it's just how to use it. So. Yeah, for better or for worse, I don't think that this whole digital entertainment thing is going to replace live entertainment, but for sure, 100% positive, we have learned the capabilities of digital entertainment and we can expand our shows now. We're not limited to a 400 seat venue anymore. A 400 seat venue now is a world venue. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. uh, post COVID, yes. we're going to need people who know the ins and outs of that. And they're going to know they're going to need people to be able to say, look, we are not limited anymore. I need 80,000 people to attend my 400 seat venue. And that's, that's completely possible now. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. And of course, I don't think, it will never replace life entertainment. It no. will never. I, I think that's 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 you know. But, but without the idea that we are not replacing it, but using this as something else, you know, then we free ourselves from that sort of, you know, uh, anguish that we have of like wanting to be back in the in the chair in the audience and see something. You know, here in New York, I I heard of wonderful theater companies that right now they're doing. Uh, walking theater, you know, like you walk around and performers are creating work in storefronts. So, you know, that's the audience walks around and, you know, in, instead of being confined up in a small place and doing walk around shows, they're just doing using the city as that. And that's sort of too bad now it's getting cold, you know, but I'm, wow. I'm willing to put my mittens, my gloves and, and figure it out, you know, you know, what that is as an audience member. 
So. Oh, that's very clever. Instead of the audience being confined to any one show there, it's actually the, the free market at work there. You get to just choose from show to show to show and you can yeah. pick and choose as you like. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, as you say, human beings are really resourceful. They will figure out a way. So it's just the theater is just not that yet right now. So we'll, you know, we'll figure that out when that comes. If the if the if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we will find a way, one way or another. I mean, even sadly enough, we, I mean, we'll put lives at risk to continue doing entertainment, one way or another. We 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 just keep doing it. It's unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is. And I, I just, the only thing I feel is for the new generation of designers to sort of train to see things one way. And then, you know, the whole world has changed around them and how they manage to make a living. You know, it is it is hard for them. And, you know, I, I, I have talked to some, you know, new graduates in, in that sense of like, what's next is very unclear. And I wish I could have, you know, a more hopeful way, you know, but um, it's like, there's a way to go. But, um, you know, then there's the reality of having to pay your bills and having to eat and all of that. So it is, it is hard. Oh yeah. If anybody is in that situation, I, my heart goes out to you right now because I mean, this is such a wonderful industry and we've all people like Lucretia and I, who are semi established in the industry that we've, we've been so willing to express how wonderful it is. And we've told everybody like, yeah, this is viable. You can do this, go, go learn uh, these simple tricks and then you can get into the industry too. And then, uh, the people that must have just graduated to, and they're all geared up and they've done all the motivation. They're ready to get into our industry. That just, and we just shut it down on them. I, I feel, I feel my heart, my heart goes out. It is hard. Although I was just reading an article in New York times. There was some, there was uh, I think in Germany, there are some sort of um, group of producers of folks trying to find, you know, how to ventilation create indoor performances, uh, you know, uh, safe and, uh, and better. So I, you know, are there very creative people that they are trying, they're trying really hard to get us back. So I have to say, you know, that's, that's great to hear too. So, you know, hold on a little longer, but you know, <laughs> don't give up on the industry. It is still a, a wonderful, you know, way to live. Yes, I, I've actually been lucky enough to see a couple of them who are so motivated that they just refuse to take no for an answer. And these are the ones that are uh, pushing the the Unreal Engine and the X reality. And uh, they're not letting this stop them. They're like, no, we have, we have so much more technology or the kids today have so much more technology than you and I did when we got out of school. But they're like, you know, we don't even need that. We, we can, we can make a living graphic design or, or and uh, they're designing sets in a virtual space and exporting them to China. And they're like, yeah, I'm a content generator now. And that's, those are the skills that they have yeah. that, that you, that's an option that you and I never would have had. And, uh, and uh, if, if we were in the same boat, even 20 years ago, 15 yeah. years ago, no, we, uh, you know, when we, I mean, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, when I, come out of school, the LED industry was just changing, you know, and now 
is is you know what we were just talking about. Now there's theaters that it is they're hard to implement as an incandescent light bulb. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not in New York though. In New York you will find you know like the the, the small theaters and you know as a, as as an average we don't have that type of problem. But yeah. um, yes. But small small companies hopefully will survive, and it will be you know regional theaters will in in the sense of uh, theaters in different parts of the country will flourish you know and be tailored to their communities and you know I I find that that's also very exciting instead of New York dictating what's happening to the rest of the you know of the country theatrically speaking mm-hmm. I think that is wonderful to have the opposite maybe what how how we get informed by the rest of the country and that's really wonderful right uh, so we are almost out of time but one of the questions i, I really wanted to ask you and this was uh, i was looking at your uh, some of your photos online and this po- this this question just popped up would you rather take a gig in new york city that pays better or would you rather take a gig out of New York that is going to push you more creatively and, uh, and maybe tack and maybe a little bit more of a creative outlet. Oh no. Um, the second, all things being the, equal, which one would you take? No, no, no. They, the creative part. I mean, I, every time I have made a decision that it was based on money or career advancement, it was the wrong decision. I found myself incredibly unhappy. Really? Yes. It was those shows. He's like, oh, I'm going to do this because I'm going to get better paid and, you know, it's going to push me professionally better. Um, wrong way to decide for me. I always find that I'm the happiest if I'm going to get in in a room with creative people that they are going to be, you know, informing me in a, in, in a creative way more than, you know, money or or advancement wise I, I i love to be in a room with people that are creative and interesting so oh there was zero hesitation there that was awesome no, no there's no because i have had that problem in which i have taken those gigs and it's like oh if i work in this theater i'm gonna be ahead and then i'm working for people that you know, took advantage or I didn't like, or, you know, it got really, you know, frustrating really quickly. So, you know, I, I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's words of wisdom from experience right there. That, uh, it sounds like you've gone down that path and realized that that was not, yeah. not the right way for you. No, very quickly. And I think I have done only two or three decisions like that in my career so it has been few but so you know so hard <laughs> these these experiences <laughs> were that i was like nope nope never again never again never again yeah i think if there's one thing that binds us all is that we didn't get into this industry for the money we we i mean i think we were all warned uh, like you, you're never going to make money in that one and we had to stand up like no we're going to make enough to make a living and uh, but none of us are going to be millionaires or billionaires by doing what we do. No, I don't think we care. No, no, I think we are. We are okay. We are okay. I, I, I have everything I need, so I'm I'm good. So 
good for you. That's uh, you sound very happy and very content. And it sounds like you've learned how to make the proper decisions to keep your, your creative, your creative outlet and your keep your soul fulfilled. Yeah, we, we, you know, yes, it takes time. It's, and it's sometimes frustrating and you don't find <laughs> the joy sometimes after the fact, you know, like after taking a show for a month, you're like, oh, how hard was that? But then you see the work and you see people looking at your work and saying that was really great. And and, and then you find, you you know, fall back in love with what you just created. You know, it's, it's never, it's never easy is never without thorns or without a little bit of heartache but it, it and of course a lot of hard work you know but uh and a lot of luck too with a lot of amazing collaborators and i'm never gonna somebody asked me not so long ago about you know what you always need in the industry and i you know in your work and i was like always oh, i need a great programmer a great great people behind me to help me out. I need, you know, people to inform my work and make it easier. And I need, you know, a great master electrician that could push me to do things on time and create creative solutions to things that I haven't seen. Again, a programmer to really have fun when you are queuing music or doing things, you know, um, a great assistant to, you know, to pick you up when you need somebody to really help you to like, take the baton and it's like you know you need a cheerleader in your in your in your in your side so it is never just one person doing the work i mean it, it takes a team sometimes and lighting is always a team it's never just one person doing the work so so true uh, a lot of us forget that that it, it requires an entire community uh, a lot of people the their ego will get in the way and like no that's all me and it never is yeah no no, 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 I can't, you know, I, 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 I need people to, to help, to complement, you know, be the other part of my work, you know, and the other eyes and all that. And I'm always grateful because I, I have found really amazing people to work with and uh, I'm, I find myself really uh, lucky. Well, I'm, I'm lucky to uh, get to hear your, your words of wisdom. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it, Lucretia. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. And, you know, uh, good luck with everything over there.